We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right. You are listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios. The next segment is, uh, what do we say? What's it going to be called? Milty's Money, man. Milty mon- Money, Money, Money Minute Milty's, with Milty. Yeah, yeah. Milty's Money All Moment. Right. Yeah, talking about money, <laughs> if, you're one, if you're interested in saving money, I encourage you to call my buddy Kevin Wingenbach with State Farm. Uh, if you're looking for auto, home, life insurance, he is your guy. I used to use an online uh, insurance insurance deal, you know, or sort of a faceless yeah. deal, no agent. Yeah. Thought I was getting the best price. Um, then I talked to Kevin about my home insurance. That's how we started off. I thought, man, you know, I'm, I'm paying a lot here. I don't really feel like I'm getting a lot. Um, talked to Kevin. He ended up getting me a homeowner's policy. Not only was my premium less, but I got way better coverage. Really? Ended up moving my auto over to him, and also I'm saving money. So check nice. out. Kevin Wingenbach, State Farm. He's at SoCoInsurance.com. Also, money-related, we're going to talk about divorce today uh, and taxes, the impact that uh, a divorce can have on taxes and vice versa. Uh, How many times have you been divorced? I'm a happily married man, oh, first really? time, still on number one, <laughs> and hopefully will be for life until death do us part. So, Smash, how about you? How many? I've been divorced. (laughs) Just once. Just the one time? Just once. That was enough. I learned my lesson. And were there any tax issues involved? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And it was a long, long time ago, back in the hippie days. Yeah. And so they hated hippies back then. And so when the IRS, I had to go in and see them, it's kind of like I was a criminal just walking in by my look, you know? Sure. And then... I did my first wife wrong, so then they got more criminalistic uh, oh boy. activity on me. Oh, boy. So, uh, anyway, I took care of business, and we proceeded with life. Well, we've got a family law expert joining us. Mike O'Shea is with Family Law Partners, familylawpartners.com. I know Mike has, has been through the gauntlet when it comes to handling uh, divorce cases, and I know he's got experience uh, with the tax issues related. And I know myself, as a tax lawyer, uh, I often see – tax issues bubble up either during the course of a divorce uh, or after a divorce uh, where tax issues haven't been properly addressed during the course of a settlement. So, Mike, welcome to the program. We're really glad to have you. Thanks for having me, Mark. Thanks, Smash. Yeah, so uh, am I right on that? I mean, when you're dealing with, uh, uh, you know, representing a client who's going through a divorce, uh, how big of a role do taxes play in that process? Well, taxes pretty much touch every aspect of the divorce case. So in a typical divorce case, you have, you know, four general issues, child custody, child support, maintenance, and then division of all your property and debt. And so, uh, you know, tax issues affects maintenance. It used to be called alimony. Um, yeah. it, it clearly affects property division with regard to IRAs and transferring assets after the divorce is completed. And then even in the, in the, in the realm of child support, um, there are what's called the, they're now the child tax credits. They used to be the uh, dependency exemptions, which people used to fight over. But since the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed, they did away with the dependency exemption. And now the fight is over who gets the child tax credit. And a lot of times, uh, you know, that's a, basically a $2,000 asset every year. Right, because it's, uh, a, refundable, it's a, refundable, a refundable credit versus an exemption, which is you know, previously, I think the last year we had exemptions was 2017, and you got four thousand fifty dollars taken off of your your income and That's then right. taxed on that. Whereas now, 
if you get to claim your child, you're getting a subject to income limits, but you're getting a $2,000 refundable credit. So even if you owe no tax whatsoever, you're going to get an additional 2000 back. Now, Mike, you and I talked about this recently. I mean, that can, that can be better or worse depending on where your income is. Cause before, uh, I guess if you're a higher net worth person, that exemption might be better for you, but now, you know, because there are income limits on the child tax credit. So I guess when you're working out a settlement in a divorce case, you kind of got to take all that into consideration, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, remember previously before 2017, and actually the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that, that didn't go into effect until January 1 of 2019. Um, so so 2018 and, and – The divorce and provisions, previous, right? The alimony provision? Right. Yeah. Correct, correct. So, but previous to, to January 1 of 2019, um, they had um, – the, the tax exemption and the tax credit, there was a child tax credit. It was only $1,000, though. Mm-hmm. And they phased that out. If you earned, as a married couple, $110,000 more than that as your AGI, then you were completely phased out of receiving that. Well, they expanded the child tax credit. Now it's up to 400000 married filing joint, uh, 200000 if you're single. So what they did was they now almost – you know, the vast majority of people are able to claim the child tax credit, whereas before it wasn't really an issue for, for people that earned um, actually single was 75000 and then it started speaking out for the child tax credit. Got the it. tax exemption was there. Um, so basically what, what happened is they, you know, they increased the standard, obviously, which I guess capped some of that tax exemption you would get for the child and then doubled the child tax credit. And so what we do a lot of times in, in divorce cases, Mark, is we will, um, you know, if a, if a parent doesn't have any tax liability, the max they're going to get is 70% refundable of that $2,000. So basically $1,400 is what they're eligible to receive. So a lot of times we'll negotiate giving that tax credit to the higher income or even though by law a custodial parent uh, is entitled to claim the children. And, and, the, and the payor of child support will basically after they file their taxes, give the other parent the $1,400 they would have they would have received if they had claimed the child, and they will receive an additional $600 from the government. So you, you can sort of structure settlements that collectively give the parties the best financial position from a tax liability perspective. So let me ask you, ask you this. I'm just thinking. I gave up when I had my first divorce, I was a bad guy, all that kind of stuff. And I lost a lot of stuff. Is there any way you can go back like all these years later and say, Hey baby, uh, listen, uh, is it possible I could get my Mr. Natural t-shirt back? Maybe some of my albums, maybe my hookah pipe, something like that. Because now she's more or less a swage to a calmer demeanor. And you can go back like that. What, what do you think? For the younger generation, that's a hookah pipe, not oh, a hookah is- pipe. <laughs> but go ahead, Mike. Uh, no, I said it for the younger generation. Well, it's you- a hookah pipe. I mean, oh, there you go. All, so all of your property it is, is a divided in the divorce decree. And so if there's undivided personal property, um, then it's really just who, whoever has it in their yeah. possession. So if, in other words, if it's not accounted for, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah, because I um, lost all my albums, man. I had like a huge album collection. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if I could go back and just get that stuff back, that's worth all kinds of money nowadays. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the divorce attorney you hired didn't look out for you. You should have hired Matt, Mike O'Shea. Family I don't think you partners. Were, I don't think you were born then. Mike. Probably not. Probably <laughs> yeah. not. Well, another, another big change to the tax law 
uh, has to do with alimony, or as you call it, in Missouri, it's referred to as maintenance. I think the IRS still calls right. it alimony. and It's called maintenance now? In Missouri, that's what oh, they really? call it. So previous, and, and then a second thing is child support. So child support is money you're paying to basically keep your child's lifestyle on par with mm-hmm. what they were had before. Is that accurate, Mike? Yeah, that's right. Whereas yeah. maintenance or alimony is designed to compensate the spouse for, like maybe the spouse stayed home with the children so they didn't make yeah. money. But the husband's out, or the wife or husband's out earning tons of money. Yeah. They should share in that sort of future future earnings. That's what the alimony. And before, whoever paid the alimony or the uh, maintenance got a write-off for what they paid. And the recipient had to pay tax on that income. Okay? So tell That's us, correct. what did the new law change with respect to that? And right. how does that factor so, into your so settlements? Mark, Mark let's, say, let's say you're getting a divorce, Mark, and you're ordered to pay... $150,000 a year in spouses. Okay. My goodness. Let's say, really? let's say I'm just using sure. you yeah. know, nice, easy round numbers. Sure. So $12,500 a month. Whoa. Prior to 2019, you could deduct all that $150,000. And let's say that in the 35% tax bracket, for simplistic sake, really? you would save about $52,500 or $4,300 each month about. Right. So your net, your net payment on paper, you know, you're paying twelve five. It's your net payment at the end of the year when you file your taxes is about eighty one hundred dollars. So with the wife, when you're paying her, she's paying one hundred fifty thousand prior to twenty nineteen. She'd have to claim all of that one fifty as taxable income, but she's going to be in a much lower bracket. Otherwise, she wouldn't even be receiving uh, maintenance. Right. So, so let's assume she's taxed at let's say twenty percent, and she's paying thirty thousand in taxes. With that scenario. You're basically getting a family savings of about $22,500 between the two of them in tax liability. Okay. Now moving forward, and so the net, the net for her would be about 10000 The net for him would be about 8100 So there's a you know, $1,900, $2,000 savings each month um, under the old law. Well, the yep. new law now changes everything. You can't deduct any of it. It's not taxable as income. And so what they, the goal of this was to generate more tax revenue and what they estimate is that it's going to generate 6.9 billion dollars in more tax revenue over the next 10 years because the higher earning spouse will have to pay because they're not taxing the spouse who receives it but they're figuring well it's going to be a higher tax bracket for the person who who would be paying it yeah um it's exactly right and it's it caused problems because we can't it's harder to settle cases there's no formula like child support there's a formula Right. There's a called a Form 14 in Missouri. Missouri uh, maintenance is very subjective. There's no rhyme or reason. You look at some income and expenses, and then you look over to the payor. Do they have disposable income after they pay their expenses? And so it's it's a lot harder now to figure out because there's no incentive, I guess, for the payor to pay an additional amount because they're going to realize a, a smaller net at the end of the year when they file taxes. Yeah. So, Mike, I've dealt with situations where certainly not not any of your clients, but other people who go through a divorce, they come out of the divorce, and, you know, a year later they're getting IRS notices about a joint tax liability they didn't know anything about um, because maybe they signed a tax return or signed an e-file form and, you know, really didn't understand that their spouse didn't pay the taxes, um, which is, you know— Unfortunate, because I think some, again, not you, but other divorce attorneys may not think as much as they should about sort of the tax consequences and what, you know, potential landmines might be out there. So do you do anything, you know, during the divorce to kind of make sure there aren't those big landmines out there from a tax liability standpoint? Well, I mean, you're, you're, 
you're sort of at the mercy of what your client reports to you with regard to tax liability, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of times you'll have clients who come in and they, they already know that the IRS is after them and they owe, you know, $20,000 in tax liability from previous years. But as you probably know, you know, the audits, they don't come down the pipe until maybe two or three years after that tax year. That's fine. right. So uh, what we do is we put catch all provisions in every separation agreement that basically will anticipate that very situation. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, after discovered debt and property, and, and a lot of times you put generic language in that just simply um, divides it, but you could negotiate in the event that, you know, if you represent the spouse that hasn't been involved in the money, and the other spouse is they self-employed or they've just controlled the finances, you could structure an agreement that, you know, if there is some past due liability that the spouse, either spouse has the ability to file yeah, and, and argue it, that that should be disproportionately but, divided. Yeah, and as you know, the problem with that is is that the IRS isn't bound by that. So even if right. you divide up, uh, you know, IRS debt, state tax debt on paper for divorce yep. purposes, the IRS, and I've had this happen, will still go after the, sp- the, the other spouse because they'll get it wherever they can. They take yeah. the low-hanging fruit, and that's the difference between Absolutely. joint liability and individual liability. So... If you're having trouble with your marriage, my advice to you would be file separately, even if, you know, if you don't really know what's going on with your spouse uh, and you don't know what their income is or what their expenses are. It's always a good idea to think about filing separately because you will be on the hook for that joint liability unless you can do what's called innocent spouse relief, which is a hard, hard thing to do. I've, I've handled innocent spouse requests for several clients. Some have had success. Some haven't. Um, you basically have to show that you had no knowledge of what was going on with the finances uh, it's better if you can show like you didn't even sign the tax returns, your spouse did it, you know, either e-signature or whatever. Like there's no, you know, you really had no knowledge of what was going on. So that's yeah. always really helpful. All right, we've got about one yeah. minute left here. Uh, any other thoughts when it comes to taxes other than, uh, you know, yeah. if you got problems, go see Milty at stltaxlawyer.com? Yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> one general piece of advice. Beautiful. If you're going through a divorce, um, I would, you know, because most people file married finally jointly when they're, when they're married. Sure. Uh, the First year after your divorce, though, you're going to be likely filing single, okay, especially if you're the higher income earner, you can't claim the kids and claim head of household. Mm-hmm. So you need to go see an accountant during the divorce case to make sure your W-4, if you need to adjust your W-4 to make sure you're withholding enough, because sometimes people are very surprised yep. when they go from very filing jointly to single that, whoa, you know, how are my taxes this high? Yep. So that's something that I would encourage people to do when they get, embark on the divorce process. Go see an accountant or Mark Milton who can yep. adjust your. There you go. That is Michael Shea, Family Law Partners, familylawpartners.com. We really appreciate you joining us. We've got to wrap up here. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios, 590 The Fan, 590TheFan.com. You can download our podcast at Apple iTunes. Mike, you, Mike, thank you for being with us. And uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And uh, everyone, uh, please uh, download the podcast and join us next week.